Hello and welcome to The Week at Work. I'm your host this week, David Gibney, and I'm joined by my co-host, uh, Claire O'Connor. We're also joined by Connor McCabe as a co-host, but also as a bit of an expert that we've used on a frequent basis whenever there's a budget coming in. So um, if you're interested in analysing how um, how to analyse a budget, then look to our past episode from, I think it was two years ago, actually, which um, is still up online uh, and on our Spotify. So um Claire, you wanted to ask a few questions at the start, I think, to, to, to Connor in relation to the budget. Oh, I think maybe just ask Connor off the top of your head, what are your thoughts on the budget? And maybe we can get into it in a bit granular detail. But what was your initial response? I think, um, like, uh, um, how I would kind of um, approach all of this is that, um, like, what I think is missing is that kind of, can we give a an economic class analysis? of what's going on. So, um, like we've talked about this kind of, you know, um, kind of off mic, <laughs> but like, you know, how, you know, you know, there's a need for a social class kind of analysis, but, but, it, but there's also a need for an economic kind of class analysis. And for me, kind of that boils down to, you know, you know, what's going on in terms of capital and labor at the point of, Production. That's the kind of dry kind of definition of it. How that translates here, I think, is that, um, like it's, it's no, um, it's no secret that we're facing very structural problems in terms of the state, in terms of housing, health, care, work, um, climate action. Uh, so really what, you know, how I would approach kind of these budgets and it's not just the, the state budget is the four um, alternative uh, budgets of the um, of the main kind of opposition parties. Is that you know are they putting forward structural kind of solutions or are they putting forward consumption based kind of solutions, which is more money on top of a bad system? And they and and that's how I, and that's how you know I would kind of approach it. And for me, you know, that gets into you know. It what's a left wing budget? It what's a socialist budget? And then what's a, uh, you know, um, all out, no messing about Marxist communist kind of budget, which is what we should be aiming for, of course. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but what I will say is that you have a, a generally a kind of a kind of left wing centrist kind of left wing kind of approach, uh, from all of the opposition parties and in some ways, um, from the state as well, um, which is, I'd say, it's kind of Fianna Fáil's kind of, um, you know, kind of influence. Uh, Fianna Fáil going back to its old card of uh, give people sweets, uh, you know, uh, you know, you know, could give them kind of more money. So when I look through kind of the opposition uh, budgets um, and the stake on the budget, I did focus on are they putting forward structural changes or are they putting forward um consumption-based, a distributive kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, like policies. And that's what I kind of looked for. Mm. So, you know, is that kind of going on here? Because I think um, it may not be the standard which the party's kind of hold to, you know, you know, hold themselves to. But I think as a, as a left-wing um, pod, we should, you mm. know. So, you know, so I mean, you know, this is what we bring to the table. So in terms of, you know, what why would you look for these things is that, mm. is that, you know, when you're pulling forward kind of solutions, do they speak to the problem? Sorry, Claire, yeah. Just 
actually, before we get into that, can I ask you something? I don't think we covered it two years ago when we got onto that real mm. analysis of how to analyse a budget. Do you think it's possible to go from what we have now, right, under the system we have, like literally how our bureaucracy works, how our institutions work, is it possible to go within one budget from that to a real socialist and even Marxist uh, budget? Or is there more structural change that's needed in between that? Would it, would it have to be a phased approach? No, what's yeah, it? I mean, you know, you know, it's not, it's not possible. You know, I mean, uh, it's not possible in in like one day or in one budget. Um, but what, but what I'm looking for is it's a way of understanding how Ireland works. It's a way of analysing the problem. So you get in terms of um, a good example here would be the uh, sock dams in terms of housing. Um, so whereas um, Sinn Féin have it, you know, it's on the brain, so it's a fairly kind of comprehensive um, investment um, housing kind of policy on top of the already existing structures. So what you're doing is that if we have this dysfunctional kind of system, and they're throwing more money at it. Now, all the parties are, are, are doing that. And the state is as well. That's why I would see, right? Now, there's a need for social and, and like affordable housing. We, we might get into those kind of definitions, you know, you know, there, there later on. But in the Sock Dems, there was an interesting one because where they called for an end to all kind of subsidies for developers and cut tax breaks for investment funds and use this money instead to fund the construction of additional affordable homes. Now, for me, that is structural. So just to kind of explain that a bit more, what you can do in a budget is, is send out intentions as where the flow of capital should go. So you have this capital, which is money used for investment, um, the tax system funnels that in certain ways. Um, and it sends out kind of, you know, kind of messages saying that, um, there's no point putting money into this anymore because that's going to be cut off in terms of like tax breaks. So, uh, so taxation isn't just used to raise kind of revenue. It's also used to see a signal where the state thinks investment should go. So the Irish state says that investment should go from private funds for private profit via housing. And to increase kind of their profits. And that, and that, and, and that's what it does. Even down to its definition of what is kind of affordable housing, which is based on kind of market price. And Ireland is one of the, I think the only state in, 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 in the world, maybe <laughs> that actually uses that kind of definition of, of, of like affordable. Anyone who's saying says that affordable is based on your income. Because that's how affordability works. It's not based what you on can afford. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Affordable is based on what you can afford. Uh, the Irish state says different, mm. <laughs> right? But what you get with the parties is that they have plans for investment in affordable housing, which is to subsidise the the price. It is to give kind of grants to buyers or to local kind of authorities um, to buy. Um, you know, kind of uh, housing at market price and then pass on a kind of subsidy to households who then buy kind of Jordan that scheme. Um, but it's all based on kind of market price. But what you do get in the Sock Dems though is this, is this kind of glimmer, this little kind of chink in the armor saying that, well, no, um, there's a structural problems in the way that the tax system, um, funnels, um, investment into a certain area. And for them, it's, it's, 
is is subsidies for kind of developers and tax breaks for investment funds. So it's the tax breaks for kind of you know investment funds that I find interesting. Now Sinn Fein in their uh, in their proposals have have a tax to increase a tax on on the profits of these companies, but that's anti that that's afterwards. That's after the fact. The flow has already happened. Yeah. And then the state's getting its cut. What the Sock Dems are doing saying here is that no, we need to change how that flow is because, you know, because that's the, that's the actual dysfunctional kind of moment. Now, I'm not putting forward the Sock Dems kind of budget as a, as a Marxist tract. That's not, that's not what it is. And there are very, very few cases of that in any of the three budgets. Even, and even the people before profit one does tend to fall into a consumption distributive uh, budget instead of actually kind of changing kind of where the flow is going to happen as well. There, I'm being a bit unfair. Where the where where people before profit are quite good is in terms of the climate action bucket. In, in that kind of later on. So if that makes sense, that it, it's not how I would approach this, and I think what hopefully kind of we could work kind of brings to the table that's different is. It's not saying is this good or bad, but saying are they tackling the structural issues, which they can do. They look in the budget. Parties will tell you that they can't. It's it's all based on how much is being spent. No, it's also about tax, and tax is about where do you think flow should go. You can block flows or you can let them through, and and the taxation system serves that kind of purpose. So from a progressive left wing kind of point of view, you can use your annual budget to do those things. So tell us, what is it that the SOC Dems specifically are going to do in their housing budget that's different to Sinn Féin? That's, that's pretty much it. Like, uh, and, and then that's, that's countered by, um, an unfortunate, um, overcome reliance on affordable housing rather than social housing. Right. So, so actually both, the, the SOC Dems also do something which I didn't like, which, um, Holly Cairns called out the, the government for, for announcing already, already kind of allocated funds. I don't know which sector it wasn't again. I think it may have been care work, but, but like, you know, she was saying that this is money that's already spent. How did they do this? Well, Sock Dems saying that they're going to build 22,000 social. No, they're going to acquire. 22,000 affordable and and like social uh, homes. Um, What they don't say is that 13,700 of them are already allocated by the state itself. Mm. So they've been a bit, I don't like when parties do that because it's it's been a bit sly. Now Sinn Féin have the same kind of headline figure. There is this 21,000, but this being kind of owned or brilliant, He's like playing it straight. So Owner Brain has a, has a very handy table saying that there's 13,700 that is already, they're kind of allocated. We're going to do 7,300 extra. And then that's it. So he's not, he's not trying to pull, like Owen's not trying to pull a fast one here. Like they're looking on the main. Not that the sock Dems are, but just that what they're really kind of building is 8,000 or like, or to put them forward is 8,300 social and affordable uh, homes. Of that, 5,600 are under the 
affordable scheme. So what that means is that they're given 672 million, not really to the families, but the builders. Right. Because yeah. affordability in Ireland is based on subsidizing market price rather than saying, well, how do we get to kind of actually genuine affordable kind of housing, which is then based on, 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 on income. Uh, Sinn Féin go for much lower. They go for 3,600 affordable um, homes and they go for 3,700 extra social uh, homes. Um, now, you know, but we're dance, but you know, these are minor, a minor differences, but again, it gets into the, it's the ideology here. Yeah. Sorry. When you're looking at those, all the opposition um, parties, right? And because I, when I've looked at some of the, the opposition budgets, I mean, you can also see just looking at them, the, the difference in resources. So the bigger parties obviously have bigger back office. They have, they have mm. both people on every issue and maybe they have them more developed. How seriously can you take the, the figures, um, from the smaller parties alternative budgets? Obviously, like housing is a big one. So everybody probably has a lot of time and resources already put into it. But when you get into the smaller, uh, figures or the, the less well known or less, less well contested issues, do you think that the smaller parties are kind of just round something in to fill, fill the budget? Or do you think you can actually take seriously that, that this is actually what they're saying they would do when they get, if they were to get into power? No, I mean, you know, like, like I've written alternative budgets, um, and not just f- for parties, but for NGOs as well. Um, so I know it's, it's a fairly straightforward, uh, procedure. You can source kind of stats from parliamentary kind of questions. It's official kind of resources. Um, and there's a budget office, like in the doll that will cost things for you. So, so all the parties that have doll TDs, they, they have those resources kind of anyway. Um, but like, even if you don't, I mean, you know, I've written, um, you know, alternative uh, budgets for, for one or two kind of NGOs. I, I, I won't mention their names, but like, I'm not, like, I was just working from home and was still able to source kind of stuff. So for me, there's no excuse, you know? Um, mm-hmm. now having said that, it is all like the people, for a proper one, it's all costed. It's all there, you know. Some of the ways that they cost things in terms of how much tax they, they get from from kind of corporation tax and all that, I would question. But again, I'm not really interested in the figures or the policies. It's more do the policies speak to it to a change in the structural problem, which everyone says is there. There are the structural problems in terms of health, housing, care, and and the climate action, how do you then deal with that? And if it's a case of we put more money on top of a right wing definition of affordable housing, social housing, care work and so forth, then that's where you, that's where I think, you know, that's where I think our, our focus should be. You know, yeah. it's on like, you know, well, well, what are they doing in terms of tackling those kind of, you know, those kind of structural things? You look at, I suppose, the, the first thing that jumped out to me about the government budget was 10,200 new tenancies under half and Raz, which is the definition of continuing with, you know, <clears throat> social transfers that are not going to actually structurally change anything and are going to exactly. attract more people in it, in a, you know, 
what it was at the root of this problem. Yeah. Yeah. And when, and when HAP kind of first came in, I don't know the year again, was it 2013, 2014 or so? It's, mm. it's, it's last 10 years anyway. HAP was being brought in and the minister at the time said, this will only be a temporary measure. Mm. Mm. But Sorry, it's all, Dave. they're all just a drain on public resources as well, rather than, and that's what my next question was actually going to be about. Can you give us the definition? I know not specifically the definition, but the differences between these things of affordable, affordable in quotation marks there, housing, social housing, and then public housing. Is there any party <laughs> that has put in anything about a state agency or uh, local councils building their own homes, renting them out at what is genuinely affordable rates. Yeah, they're they're um, of the four that I checked. Um, both Labour and people be before profit call for a state construction company, right, to build housing, to build public housing on public land. So Labour put that forward, and people before profit again. A good example, I would say, as of a policy that deals with the structural problems in, 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 in housing, which is how do you get away from the insane profits that are being made by the investment funds? Also, just on that, no one talks about air, Airbnb in any of the four kind of budgets. Um, mm. so there's no thing around kind of shutting down air. Airbnb, which I think should be just going to shut down tomorrow. Mm. It may, it is, it is incredible how we use homes as hotels and hotels as homes. Mm. Um, that's, that's madness. That is, it's, it's madness from a social policy kind of point of view. It's not madness from a profit point of view. It makes great profits for kind of Airbnb, but those who are larger, those large kind of air, air, Airbnb kind of, you know, yeah. Like landlords, it makes massive profits, highest profits in Europe for housing investment funds in, 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 in Ireland. They've got a greater rate of return from their Irish properties than anywhere else in Europe. Mm. You know, so I mean, and, that, and that's, and that, and that's, and that is, that is killing us, you know. So, you know, do these policies speak to changing that? Labour and people be for profit. Yes, in terms of a state. Construction industry or, you know, kind of a state construction company. That's an interesting point. And then for the SOC Dems in that as well. Um, in terms of Sinn Fein and, uh, and housing, I mean, um, I haven't read Owns, um, you know, standalone kind of policy kind of document. Um, but in terms of this budget, what I can see from here is it's, he's using the, the, the departmental structures and as part of more resources into them. But if your, if your bucket is leaking, pour more water into it, it may keep uh, the level kind of uh, constant, but you're better off fixing that bloody hole, you know? Hmm. They can use that excess water in a different, uh, on a different policy that might be struggling like healthcare. Well, maybe. well, again, well, actually, you know, and again, in, 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 in healthcare, you know, um, like some of the parties have very definite kind of figures on kind of um, hiring more guards, right? There's 1,000 extra guards. Uh, just, and then there's a vague, there's a vague kind of commitment to um, having more GP kind of places in terms of training, in terms of a like third level, you know, to actually train more people to be kind of GPs. Yeah. Uh, because uh, GP kind of training and like medicine, as in a nursing kind of training in, in Ireland is still a, it's a middle class gig. 
Hmm. And they want to, they want to fucking hang on to it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, uh, and they're ruthless about it. So for them, it's about, we're not, they don't want anyone training to be a kind of GP, which is Cuba has, has shown anyone can that there's no kind of a genetic kind of DNA, which the middle class have, which makes them inclined to be kind of GPs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, but so, so there's no reason why we can't have 1,000, 2,000. 3,000 people training to be kind of GPs, you know what I mean? Like, or aim kind of towards that, you know? This is something uh, but, I've thought but, about but a lot. It's a, it's a, it's a closed shop. It's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a 19th century guild trade union system, you know? Yes. Yes. And we That's see that in, in legal professions. We see it in, in all yeah. of those high end uh, areas. And I was going to ask about that because I do, I do think about it a lot is what is it that's restricting us in terms of the amount it's of class? It's class. Yeah. And actually, and, and this ties into something again, hope you can clear myself it will come up with this kind of later on or like um like later a day in the month but then that ties into social class so it, it can't really like you wouldn't see that if you had my kind of marxist economic class kind of analysis that thing around kind of how kind of gps and and law in 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 Ireland, is still a very much that kind of rugby playing kind of middle class uh, zombie. It's not really about to rap, but it is. So fuck them, you know, kind of song, you know, kind of attitude, you know. Um, you're not going to get that from the stats I look at. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's where kind of social class kind of comes. The lived into this. experience thing. It's, it's also, a lived experience, exactly. Yeah. It, so for, when I look at that, I think it's that it literally is about how you perceive yourself in the world and the whole. If you can't see it, you can't be it. I think that's the start of it. But then it is fundamentally, can you afford to live if you have to go to college for seven years? To be exactly, exactly, exactly. No, that's all. That's, can and, you and, devil and that's for a year? Can exactly. you devil for a year to be a barrister? You know, it's like... Yeah, and, and, you know, and, that's, and that's the filtering system. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, you know, so I mean, that's the whole kind of filtering system. So what you have is 1,000 extra guards, right? We're going to put more guards on the streets, right? Um, but we're not going to put more GPs in the clinics, right? Now, because the, the GPs, and they're absolutely right, they're saying there is no point expanding the medical the, the medical care kind of system if you don't increase kind of capacity in terms of more kind of GPs. And the GPs are actually saying this themselves, which kind of contradicts kind of my point, but in fairness to them, they're saying this. So you have kind of um, various kind of parties saying that they'll make um, like, um, it's free, it's free kind of medical cards for all kind of children under 12, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's great if you can get a GP who will take yeah. you on. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, if you have a GP already, then your children hopefully it will be taken on to that. But if you don't try and get one and you're not going to get, like, you I mean, like, that's what the problem is. So, you know, so there's a lie being told here. Uh, we you know where that's like there's a great kind of headline figure uh, spokespeople kind of walk out and say we're going to have you know free if you know it's free healthcare finally you know in, you know in terms of of the like, gp services yeah but you can't get a gp to sign you on because they don't have to legally take you on yeah yeah so the structural policies underneath and also mm. i mean there's those two things first of all i don't know if anybody saw Tommy Bowes on um what's that show the morning Ireland the morning you know the morning show on Ireland AM or something Ireland AM yeah and he was uh the minister for education was there um Norma and she was talking about we're gonna have X amount of new teachers and he was like 
are you going to get them from? You can't keep the teachers. But the, what I thought was fascinating was the amount of people online that were saying who thought Tommy Bow would actually be the harsh, harshest political commentator. You know, and actually, he just refused to accept their answers and he, and he kept saying, and but again, he was coming from that, like, what are you talking about? What, like, mm. you can't keep teachers. Where you, it doesn't matter if you say you're putting this money into it if it doesn't actually happen because of the problems within the system. But also, an interesting point in that is that he does not, his job does not rely on, on keeping relationships with politicians. So he was able to do that. And I think that's an important part. One thing back to the GDP thing as well, though, was that right after the budget was announced, a massive a hiring freeze was reintroduced across the HSE. So I, would, I didn't know that. Okay. Right. So, yeah. And, and it's, it's only in the past couple of days that's happened. So I know mm. it does seem to have come from a place where it's like the, an acknowledgement that the, the administrative staff within the GP massively overwhelmed the actual healthcare staff, but I don't trust that that's actually what's going to happen here because what's, like I just know in terms of some positions in, in my area where they're finding it hard to fill them. Like they're finding it hard to fill them because people are leaving them because, you know, the the, the, the like the, the conditions and the pay and, and everything that goes with that. Um, so when it, what bothers me really about the, the hiring phrase is that it's not even about taking on new people. It's that if you lose someone from a position, you can't rehire someone else for that position. I just yeah. think it's absolutely crazy. But the, that, just, just on that, the hiring freeze, because this is being played out in the papers today and it's a game again within the politics of what's going on. Um, the HSE warned the minister uh, hours before the budget that 800 million, which is what he was getting as extra spending, they warned him that that wasn't enough, the HSE um, chief executive, uh, and that at the very minimum, they needed 2 billion just to break even to keep the system as it is, but they were only allocated 800, so 800 million. So then it became a case of, oh, we're going to have to have a recruitment freeze. This is what appears to have happened, right? Um, And now they're saying in, I think it's the Business Post today, uh, that they're going to have a supplementary healthcare budget next year. So this budget is already ripped up, torn up completely in terms of the healthcare stuff, because they're saying that they need supplementary budgets on a couple, a number of different key areas, health being one of them, because they didn't have enough money to break even on this. Well, actually, on that point, I mean... Like what is kind of good is that, um, like uh, Sinn Fein, Labour, uh, Sock Dems, and people coming for profit all say the 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 same thing. And again, it 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 like for me, this speaks to that kind of structural kind of analysis. You know, already getting to the structural kind of problem, and all of them are saying that we need to end the agencies and go for direct hire. They're saying that this is a disaster, That's and like and you know, so all of them, all 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 all. all all four of them. So again, going back to my point about like, you know, that's what I look for in these kind of budgets. Are they, you know, is there something more going on that gets to the actual kind of structural, um, institutional kind of issues that are there? And the agency want was a deliberate a policy to, I think, um, to, to seemingly lower the staff kind of ongoing kind of staff rates. But what you're really doing is trying to kind of run down hiring in the in the genuine kind of public sector itself. Um, all all parties as well um, are committed to ending the that um, that that kind of um, contractual uh, difference there between section 38 and section 39 kind of workers as well. You know, and again, that's a structural. You know, so that's a structural issue. So again, that's what I'd like to see, you know, um, I'd like to see policies that are like that, you know, um, now, sorry, I've been talking 
An awful yeah, lot. No, it's that, actually 29 stuff is, I'm fascinated with the reporter I was involved in there recently about the future of youth work had mm. such compelling testimony but also you know the figures it spreads out in the figures that so many, it's so hard for a community voluntary sector to, to actually fill posts because people are going into you know pensionable jobs they're finding pensionable work if they can find public sector jobs if they can find they're moving out of the areas that they have you know we're losing we're losing experience we're losing people who have um, built up like youth work you know like people are in youth work 20, 30 years and then they're leaving because they don't have the they don't have a pension or they're not getting the same terms as a public sector worker that's doing a similar job in the same area and I think that section 39 piece is massive because what's happening is some services that are trying to bridge that gap it's coming out of their core funding or it's coming out of like interim funding and then it, it means less of a service being provided to people on the ground so it's shocking that this is allowed you know that it hasn't been fixed since austerity um, but I, yeah, I think that's it. That's that's a great call. It's great to hear the agencies just across the board, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much all of them are saying. You know, this is a, it. This has to go. You know. One other bit on on um on the healthcare stuff is this: these NEPs. I don't know if you've come across that stuff, but the National Educational uh, Psychological Service has been cut from thirty four million down to ten million, which is an incredible cut. Sorry, Claire, you wanted on oh. that. I did see something only yesterday, actually, that they they came back and said that that wasn't put, that it was put on a new budget line. So Gavin oh. Riley was actually looking into that because he had come out and said what you're saying now, that, you know, that, that it was a shocking cut, that it was um it was seen as an attack. And then uh, an actual disability advocate came forward and said that she had been in contact with the, the minister's office and it wasn't a cut, it had been moved into a different line. But Gavin Riley kind of countered with, well, actually, does that mean that uh, there'll be a reduction in service because of how the office works. So I'm not. I literally just read that last night. Um, yeah. And I think that's so. That's up in the air now about whether that's been accurately represented. Does it mean that that office is actually the office that's been moved into is losing somewhere else? So I think that needs a little bit more investigating. But yeah, there's a lot of questions around it. Lots of questions around it. Considering if you're reducing it from 34 million to 10 million and it's being moved to another yeah. sec- section, then what's the 10 million being spent on if it's all over in another section? Sorry, Connor, yeah. you wanted? Yeah, I just, I, I just one last point before we move off kind of housing and the general constructional things is that um, what I found interesting is that um, um, the three uh, people before profit, that's another that's a that's separate. It doesn't terms of of their budget, but labour, uh, sock Dems, and Sinn Fein, I found had quite modest, uh, you know, figures for for kind of housing construction or kind of acquisition, much more modest than would have been the case in 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 in, in kind of previous years, and I think that speaks to. Capacity again. So going back to, are there enough builders to build kind of these things anyway? But what I found is that, like, um, in town, like, I'm usually just in Drada, uh, just like giving out about the world. But, but like, uh, but for the last few days, I've, 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 I've been in Dublin and I walked by the old screen cinema, um, uh, Hawk, is it Hawkins House? Was it? No, no, it was a place which was, um, the old HSD bill? Oh, yeah, Apollo yeah. House, Apollo House. Yeah, yeah. So um by Apollo House. And um like again going back to again going back to the point about the misallocation of like resources. There's a finite number of builders and construction companies in the state. 
Um, since 2016, we've been in one of the worst housing crises which we've ever had, uh, almost on a par, probably worse even than the 1940s, which was a horrendous time for for uh, for housing. Um, and what did we use? What we're using builders and construction companies for? It's building office blocks and like data centers. Mm. So, and they've been given tax breaks for that. So, going back to um, of the resources that are there. There's a huge kind of misallocation because do we really need, does Dublin really need all these kind of office blocks that are being built at this moment? How about in like five years time? Why do we need them now? They need them now because that's where the tax breaks and the incentives are being kind of uh, pushed into. So there's a misallocation of the physical resources that are there via the taxes. Yeah. Well, just on that, because it's, it's coincidental that, and I presume you haven't read the Business Post this morning, but there is Jesus, an article. No, no. <laughs> There's an article in this morning's Business Post, turmoil in 50 billion commercial property market as investors hand office keys back. So the lack of um, take up on these commercial office properties is is leading to the, the, the people who own the businesses or the, the, the empty office space is literally handing the keys back to the people who, who loan yeah. them the money to build it in the first place. But as you say, will there be more tax incentives to again, build even again, more office and blocks? And we've been here before because from 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 2001 until 2008, there was a misallocation of, of something like 60, 40 to 60 billion of investment was misallocated in terms of um in terms of in terms of commercial property in 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 Ireland. So what we had is that uh, the government said uh, we will leave it to the market to builders uh, to decide what gets built, right? And what what they built was what the tax incentives kind of were kind of geared towards, which was kind of commercial kind of uh, property during a national housing crisis. Mm. So again completely on, on, on line with the ideology of like Fianna Fáil and, and Fianna Gael in that um, where are the greater profits are going to be. So we could have had, and we still can have, a reallocation of of construction away from things that are socially and environmentally destructive to things that are socially and environmentally constructive, which is no more data centers. And let's have, let's have at least a kind of moratorium on the commercial uh, office blocks being built in Dublin, you know? Yeah. And like, here's even a quote from the article today. Real estate experts are forecasting that the vacancy rate in the office market could reach 20% or higher next year, while new investment in commercial properties on track to plunge up to 60% this year to its lowest level since the depths of the financial crisis. So it is a, a big issue that's happening. But I was at a conference on Friday, Congress organized a housing conference. And one of the things that was being discussed was um, that workers are being forced to move to you know, um, as far out as Mullingar and and Longford, Andrade. and Andrade and all the rest, and then um, <laughs> and it was a really interesting point that was made. I think it was made by like Lorcan Sir was that there's two departments here: one in housing, and one in the environment. Uh, Eamon Ryan and Dara O'Brien, and their policies are 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 negatively impacting on each other because one of them is building houses on the outskirts, well, which is destructive to the environment because these people don't have the public transport system available to them, so they're ending up driving into the city centre to where they work and it's it's just a disaster in terms of the ecological impact that's happening but 
what we could be doing is taking those office blocks that are in the city centre and instead of having them built as office blocks, we could have built housing to where yeah. nearby where people work, which makes sense. You know? Yeah, abs- absolutely. You know, and they're actually knocking down, uh, you know, kind of public housing in Dublin too, the, in the Tanzanian kind of area, or or, or is really kind of vacant, um, in lieu of these office blocks that are being kind of built. You know, but like it's it's not a case of if you stopped all kind of office block uh, construction, we'd have more housing. It's that there was a policy put in place here mm. that it was decided that there's more profit in the commercial housing for the indigenous kind of builders. So that's what they went into and will leave kind of social or kind of housing to the international investors. Hmm. So how's that, how's that worked out for us? You know? Free market's great. I mean, if you look at all around the country, local council policies are starting to talk about, you know, 15 minute cities and walking cities and having everything. And it's so, it's so up in the air. But it's not at all rooted in the actual national policies that are being rolled out, you know, where people mm. have to travel two hours to work. And yeah. Can I ask about, I want to touch a little bit, I'm kind of, you did brilliant work recently with Claire, Claire PPM around poverty and how we actually address poverty compared to how we see the word used in government documents. Um, and again, coming back to, I suppose, the difference between a, a proper Marxist class analysis and what we see. So like for me, the biggest thing that jumped out was a tweet from, uh, one parent family and Spark, where they were saying just even how lone parents are considered, particularly lone parents. We know that, you know, the proportion of children in lone parent households, they're disproportionately living in or at risk of poverty. And they, there was a these, these social transfers, so the double payments, you know, a lot of the, the big news items were the, the double transfer or the, the double child benefit, the 400 euro payments, some social welfare uh, payments, all this kind of stuff that once that payment is gone, that's it. Like, it's not coming again. You know, like, there's no fundamental material difference to people's lives week on week. Um, but even within that, lone parents were left out of that. So there was, uh, you know, there's carers, people um, on domic- or dom- domiciliary care allowance, DCA payment, disability allowance, blind pension, invalidity pension, carer support grant, all getting, a, you know, this 400 euro lump sum and people on, on lone parents payments not getting it at all. And it not, they're not being found anywhere else. And I just think that obviously from a Marxist analysis, it doesn't really matter because it's not a capitalist investment anyway. But it's like I wouldn't say that now. It wouldn't be that kind of. I wouldn't be that kind of dogmatic on it because I mean it gets into kind of feminist kind of economics and social reproduction theory, which would be part of kind of Marxist analysis. So okay, right. Yeah. When I say say it, I mean what I mean. It's not going to have a long term impact. It's like, no. it's, it is the definition of the scraps off the table. It's like, here's one, here's a 400 euro payment, which will make a big difference to someone's life, but it's not continuous. And, and then in a couple of weeks time, they're going to be back in the same position. But I think that it just, even in terms of how dismissive it is, and it doesn't even like, even within those scraps, long parents are nowhere to be seen. I think for me. Is really yeah, exactly. Good. And again, you know, like what I find kind of interesting about the, um, Who's that? Who's that Catholic or that Christian kind of fundamentalist family from Mayo again? It's, it's your man Bork, Bork. is it? Bork, yeah. Bork yeah, right, the Bork. right. The Borks, right, right. The Borks. Not it, it, not so long ago, it, it, the Borks. They would have been secretary kind of generals of various kind of departments, mm. uh, but it was normalised. So their way of seeing the world, like these are the ones who who were setting policy. Like it's only been, what well, it's been. Well, five years since kind of abortion was finally kind of made legal in, in, in Ireland. And even then it's at 12 weeks, you know? Mm. Um, so, well, really 10 because of that 
crazy kind of, um, cooling off kind of period of kind of crap, you know, yeah. but like, um, but, but like, that's what, that it, that's what we're dealing with in terms of a very strong Christian fundamentalist, Catholic kind of fundamentalist, conservative kind of, you know, kind of ideology in this day. And they're still there in the civil service. They're still there think- in those, in those, in those institutions. And there is a visual hatred of lone parents. Visceral, visceral hatred. I don't think it's solely that, but it, right. but it is kind of part of it. There's an mm-hmm. attitude in, in various kind of departments of just like, Exactly, exactly. Which is, you know, which is a 19th century, it's not even kind of a a Christian, it's a Victorian idea, like around kind of, it's the poor laws of the 19th century, who's deserving, who was, who was undeserving and was brought in because if you have something that is, that is universal, it's going to, it's, you will need to tax wealth more. So, so, so wealth came up with this kind of compromise of deserving and and the gun deserving in order to keep taxes low as low as is possible and it's the same kind of thing here as well so it's a way of it's a way of seeing the world and there are there are people in positions of power who would you know who wouldn't be a million miles away from that kind of broke thing which let us not cut ourselves that was the norm mm-hmm. in our society for 1890 years since the foundation of the state, a very conservative, very reactionary state. And it's still there, you know. And people who are the heads of the departments, if you talked about the, the permanent government, the bureaucracy on this podcast loads of times, because I certainly think that people don't understand that enough. And when we come to, let's say we do get a, a Sinn Féin government with a centre-left party, you know, if it's not Sinn Féin and Fianna Fáil, let's say it's Sinn Féin and a smaller centre-left party, that we're still dealing with the, the, the people who run the departments and they have been yeah. there for decades and that is their mentality. That is their politics. So it's, uh, yeah, I don't think that's really acknowledged enough widely about the influence that they have. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and, and also, um, like if you've got a, a, a Sinn Féin kind of government, this is uh, like, unlike kind of, uh, Fine Gael and Labour and, and Fianna Fáil, and the Greens, there's an institutional memory in those institutions of being in government and how to handle it. Like Sinn Féin are walking in com- a completely new. With no, they've never even run a council down south, right? So, so you know, so so who are they going to fall back on? The very, it's going to be those kind of Robert Watts. That's who they will, they will fall back on. You know, like Robert Watt was brought in to save kind of health, and it's now two billion over budget. You know, and you got a pay rise. I, you yeah, know, I saying that, that I'm yeah. going to fix things here. It's now two billion over budget, and he's and he's and, he, and he's there going deal with it. You know, yeah. um, it will it be any different if if David Cullinan is is like is the health minister. Is he going to sack a Robert Watt who knows how to how to run that machine? You know what I mean? Like you know, so then will he also kind of fall back on them then as well? I mean, you know, you know, these are the things there, but it's probably kind of out out. out Outside of this, there, there are two other things that I think, three other things, just briefly, because we are kind of running out of time, I suppose. But, um, in terms of the environment, um, very, very weak from, from, from all four, really. Well, from freedom, um, people before profit is, is actually kind of quite good. And I think that's down to Breed Smith, really. Um, but like, um, the, uh, the only ones who talk about tackling the national herd, is people be before profit, um, Sinn Fein, Labour, and the Sock Dems don't touch it whatsoever. In their 
environmental kind of, you know, sections. And Sinn Féin actually, the, the, the kind of subtitle of their, of their budget is, is housing, health and, and the climate action. Right. So, so this is what they're putting forward. And it's, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 it's all kind of retrofitting housing, um, it's solar panels, you know, it's, this is, did you ever see that Simpsons from where, where Homer is made, uh, he's the, he's the trade union leader in the plant. He's made like leader of, he's the, he's the trade union leader mm. of it. And his big thing is that he says, um, um, he wants to get larger tartar sauce, um, portions in the canteen and he gets this and the big thing around we have brought more tatar sauce <laughs> for the fish for fish on wednesdays there's a bit of the tatar sauce sauce uh, a mentality around um uh, solar panels a retrofitting kind of housing the big problems is the is the national herd mm. and data centers Hmm. If, if, if you know, you know what I mean, and the three largest opposition parties do not touch it whatsoever. They will not go near that whatsoever. So they don't, don't touch national herd at all. It's not mentioned whatsoever. But I can't find it. No, or the data centers. They don't touch that either. No, I can't see it. Wow. No, I mean, like, like I might be a bit unfair. Um, I'm sure if I am, uh, we'll hear about it. But like, um, but as far as I can see, no, no, right. no, no, the, 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 the certainly no talk of, of, of the need to, to, reduce. Uh, to reduce the, the national herd, you know? I don't want to take uh, on rural Ireland at all. Um, no. yeah. No. And then, and, and then also, um, in terms of carers, um, which I thought it was interesting because uh, carers kind of came out, um, uh, giving out about uh, the rise in the social welfare, in, in the payment for for uh, carers, saying that it was it, it was not needed. It, it, it was needed is an absolute minimum of three hundred euros a week, and um, all the uh, labour increased it by fifteen euros. Sinn Fein by by fifteen euros, and the sock Dems by. 25 euros, but that, but that would still leave carers under the poverty line. Um, so it's hard to see that if, if those three parties have brought in this budget as their budget, they'd be getting hammered at the moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, what was it? What was given by the government? 15, I think. 15. So I, they, I think it's well, in line with Labour and Sinn Féin. Is it not the 12 across the board? It was 12 across oh, the board. Oh, sorry, 12. Yeah, 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 yeah. 12 welfare yeah. Payment. And then there yeah. was like there was three euro increased child qualified child. And so they added yeah. it up in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so so it's 12. So it's a it's kind of a bidding war that's going on. So they say 12. So Sinn Féin say, yeah, say 15. And then some of them go, yeah, we'll go kind of, you know, 25. Even, even at, even at 25, it's still, that would still be around two, two fifty, two sixty or so. It's still below the the poverty line, and the poverty line in Ireland is 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 much is it's marked at kind of three hundred euros a week, which is itself wrong. It should be around. It should be around kind of four fifty. Um, but um, but but they'd get hammered. I I think that's worth kind of pointing out that mm. that that if if there was a 
a Labour Sinn Féin sock down kind of government, which based on these, these kind of, these, uh, alternative budgets, there's very little in terms of ideology and kind of approach in, in like all three. I mean, they're, they're nuances. Is that deliberate? Are they preparing? I, I think, uh, no, no, no. I'd say what's happening, you know, they look against that. Where policy is being kind of formulated, um, these parties are sitting in the same committees. They're hearing the, the, the same evidence. They're having the, the, the same kind of conversations. And I'd say that there's a natural consensus that is being kind of formulated from a progressive kind of point of view in terms of, of the doll into how to kind of tackle kind of these issues, right? Even so campaigns. you can see, so, sorry. The, Even campaigns that they all sit on together, you know, like they're Exactly. Deciding. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so I don't think it's intentional, but I do think it's a natural flow from just those kind of dynamics about where policy is being kind of set. The, the one party that's outside of that is people before profit who basically kind of speak to themselves about this. And they have a, a, a cares allowance of like 200 euros a week. Now, I'd have huge problems with people be, before profit in, in, in terms of their, their, their kind of very kind of naive kind of assumptions around kind of what kind of cooperation tax would kind of bring in. But, that's another day's kind of work. What you do have is, is those kind of three kind of parties. There's a broad kind of consensus, in, you know, in terms like in, in housing, it's nuances in the differences. Apart from those kind of small kind of structural kind of differences around trying to tackle kind of taxation or uh, 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 trying to tackle, um, the misallocation of investment and doing that via taxation, which is one of the things that taxation can do. And then finally, um, just are the ones that that jumped out. Um, nobody's saving RTE <laughs> apart from people before profit, as far as I can see. You know, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I didn't see much about kind of giving like obviously parties being parties, and like why would anyone kind of walk out now and say like like RTE is just yeah? You know, but and yet but RTE people, hung up on people or people. Well, Richard Boyd Barrett on Wednesday. Yeah, it's awful, isn't it? After look, after I, trying, trying to save so. them. <laughs> but I, I think that they're they're more talking about the need for public service broadcasting. They do, they do, yeah, they do, <laughs> they do, and they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, actually, on 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 that, uh, Sinn Féin have a great um, Irish language kind of policy kind of sector. It's you know, it's, you know, section. It's really good. Um, mm. and you know, it ties into TG Cahar and, and, um, and, and Iteros, Nagelga. You know, it's just, it's really like, it's, it's, it's one of the few kind of uh, sections in any of the, uh, of the alternative kind of, uh, budgets where I could see kind of, even when they get into a like allocation of funds, you can see that they've thought about this. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this is a, it's, it's quite targeted and it's, it's, it's quite thoughtful. So I think, you know, that was quite good. So in terms of, of kind of Irish language and, uh, and that part of it, it's a, it's a really good kind of section. It's, it's solid work. And, and just as someone who writes policy, I, I love seeing like anything, like you're just seeing kind of just good work, you know, kind of way, mm. like, you know, and it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a good piece of work, you know. Mm. Right. Uh, and then just uh, like, cause we're going to have to wrap up soon. There's a couple of 
articles in the Indo of all places that I'm I'm sort of in a bit of agreement with um, and two people who I never said I never thought I'd agree with but the ultimate test of this budget success is next year's elections and this is an article by Philip Ryan and he's 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 making the point throughout the article and by the way Shane Ross makes a very similar um, sort of claim that the budget is not formulated around what the economy or society needs it's formulated around the next election that's coming, particularly as we get closer to it. And Shane Ross's piece is actually fascinating um, because he's saying, and there's an image in it as well, a picture to, to explain it, Pat Kenny. He's talked about Pat Kenny's interview of, of uh, Leo Varadkar, the Taoiseach. And he's saying, isn't this just an attempt, uh, an outright attempt to buy the electorate? electorate? Certainly not. It's a 10% deposit with two balloon payments in 24 and 25. So he, he, like Taoise- the, apparently the Taoiseach went on Pat Kenny the other day and indicated that it's going to be more of the same next year in order to buy the vote for the election in which has to be held before March 2025. So are they, I mean, is this what we're looking at now for the next budget and this budget is all about purchasing votes um, uh, or am I being overly cynical? Oh no, it's it's totally about that, you know. Um, you know, but again, going back to the the kind of deficit of kind of policy that speaks to a, to a genuine structural change, you know, mm. um, like it's a, it's a very, um, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's quite a strong kind of social democratic and not the party, but the ideology. It's a, it's a social democratic kind of view that, um, any system needs, needs stabilizers and it's government's point to kind of just put those stabilizers on and already on an, on an, on an otherwise well functioning kind of system, right? So mm. it's, it's a bit like getting up, like, you know, have, you know, having a kid on a bike. The bike works, but they can't really kind of balance. So, so, so you put kind of stabilizers on it. So you have like 15 euros here per week and all that, right? But that's not, that's not what we're dealing with here now. The bike itself is fucked, right? <laughs> so, so you need, so you need to do something else here, right? The wheels are banjaxed, right? No amount of, of, of like stabilizers is going to fix that. So that's what, again, just going back to that's what I think is worth from a, from a kind of, from a left wing social kind of point of view. That's what you need to be looking at. Mm. It, it doesn't kind of speak to these things. And it doesn't, you know, um, they don't like, okay, I'm being a bit unfair. Some of them do, but it's not as strong as it should be given the, these budgets are more, you would swear this was Celtic Tiger years, that mm. this was 2002 and, and we've had the debate about, what Ireland is, and we've sorted out housing, and we sorted out health. Yes, there are some problems, but it just needs more money, right? Mm. And that's not what's talked about here. Actually, just you know, one final point: um, Sinn Fein have dropped their their wealth tax, tax yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the buying votes thing. Like yeah. they talk about being greedy, they're on fucking twenty four percent, right? And they want to kind of well, and and you want to tap into those who are earning kind of more than. Yeah. Than 100,000 euros a year. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, what they say in it is that, um, they are in principle in favor of a wealth tax, but they want to set up a kind of commission that will look into it, right? No. Parties write policies. It's their job to provide a policy kind of solution. Even if you set up a, a commission, Sinn Fein's not the government. It's a player in this. We still need to know when the commission is brought up, what proposals will you bring to the table? Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. This idea that, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll have no say in this. No, your job is to have a say. Mm. You're the, you're a party. So even if you do set up a kind of commission, what will be your paper that you bring into that? You know what I mean? Like, and they've dropped this. So, so this before it, and now it's commission. And the commission is just, that's just bullshit. I mean, that's absolute, just, that's just nonsense. Like, yeah, it, it is. Because yeah. like, who, who are you going to put on that commission? Who goes on those commissions is just as important as, because we know, depending on who's on it, what they're going to recommend. I mean, it, but like, yeah, it, but like, you know, even, even if they do have one, what will Sinn Fein bring to the table anyway? Yeah, like, yeah. they're thinking that, that, that this somehow gets them out of a corner. No, it doesn't. We, we still need well, to like know what you bring to this. Well, we, we need to put the commission onto the ballot paper. I mean, that, that's the only logical thing. Like, we're voting for a party based on their policies. We're not voting for a commission before we know what the commission fucking tells us what, what, what they're going to stand a, it's for. A, it's a, it's a, it's a usual yeah. thing that, that is done. Now, uh, on a third rate of tax, the, the SOC Dems are quite clear in this. It's a third rate of tax over 100,000. Sinn Féin have a weird wording of it's a, it's a solidarity tax of like 3%. Which I, it makes no fucking sense to me because I mean, exactly, exactly. You know, and and not permanent. It's only yeah. like um, the idea of a solidarity tax comes from the austerity years, from yeah. from twenty eleven until twenty seventeen. In terms of policy, um, no, it, like the, like what is needed is a third rate tax. Like Fianna Gael are correct. It's the third time. We've said this kind of today, I think, that we said, in fairness to Fianna Gael, Jesus. But like, <laughs> but the third, but the second rate or the high rate comes in way too low. It shouldn't be at, it's at what now, 24,000 where no, you get taxed? No, it's about 40. It's gone, it's gone it increased by 2,000. Oh, right. Okay. 40, okay. Yeah. Okay. But like, even, even at 40, okay. So 40 would make sense for the second rate, right? But you still need a third rate of tax. It's like yeah. having that as the highest rate, that is structurally, that is structurally kind of problematic. So you do need a third rate of tax, 100,000, I'd say 80,000. Um, but, but, but just where it is, yeah. that's what's needed. But this idea of it's a, it's a solidarity tax, or we're going to have a good old chat about a, a, a well tax, but we're going to tell you our ideas on this until after we're in government. Mm-hmm. You fuck off, like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, tell us that. I'm not wanting to seem dangerous. It is that yeah. we're not dangerous. We're not a danger to you. We see, we're we're going to be okay when we're in government. Mm-hmm. That's what. And the closer yeah. it gets to an election, it's also. Uh, and I'm. Mean, it's like, do you believe in taxing the rich or not? It's a pretty basic question. But also, all of this comes back to political education because understanding the budget, and it doesn't even have to go as deep. I'd argue as capital spending and, and current spending, but I think that everybody should understand that. It's the idea of putting money, putting 30 euro back in your pocket as opposed to, like like you said, we're fucked. Everybody knows we're fucked. Like, I don't think there's anybody in the country that doesn't understand how bad a position we're mm. in. Like, I, I think that that is absolutely widespread now. So any suggestion of more of the same, like even just at a most basic level, we need more political education that people understand what that actually means. And I think that that is, that just, that, that, it screams that for me because you see people celebrating literally 20 euro more a month and it's just like how have we got to a position where people just you know mm. have such low expectations basically yeah. mm. 
And that that tax cut in the USC, which we didn't get to discuss at all, but that I mean, terrible, terrible. Four point five percent down to four percent, and a loss to the to the to revenue of three hundred and fifty million euros. Like and and that that to me is just unconscionable, particularly given we've already eroded the USC for the last ten years anyway since the twenty fifteen budget. So yeah. it, it's. Uh, it's very frustrating because again, you could use that 350 million. I know we're working within the parameters of the system that they already have, but you could use that to build uh, and make infrastructural changes. You could build housing with something like that. And well, you could it, actually, the USC is the solidarity, solidarity tax. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> yeah. And you could go and you, and you could even kind of start, you know, to address the, the huge kind of deficit in, in refuge kind of spaces in terms of, 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 of domestic violence, because Ireland has yeah. one of the worst levels in the EU and is nowhere near mm. getting close to what, to the, to the Istanbul, yeah. you know, kind of convention. It's nowhere near it, even with what, um, it, it, what's her name again? Who's the justice minister? Um, yeah. Even though, you know, she has been, in fairness to it, Jesus Christ, the fourth time, oh! for fuck's sake. But she has been much more kind of a proactive on this issue, you know, than it, than any kind of previous kind of minister. But even with that, it's still, it's still very, very weak. But that, but that 300 and, and like 50 million would go a long way towards addressing the 13 counties that have zero refuge spaces. The entire Midlands is just a desert in terms of that, you know. Mm-hmm. But no. and the argument, when you hear people talk about, you know, when you hear people giving out about, you know, all giving out about social welfare and, you know, how, how much tax they're paying. And it's like to not realize that if you didn't take that half percent put in USC and that went into, say, building public housing. And if we actually fixed the public housing system so that we weren't paying REITs, real estate investment trusts through the nose, actually the social welfare and the social transfers would go down and we could spend that money on other public infrastructure. And it's like mm. that lack of understanding that actually like, it's all connected. And, it, you know, if we built actual universal, uh, sorry, universal public services. No, services. Yeah, not, not income, universal services rather than, um, social transfers that actually the, that the whole budget would go down. And it's just like a lack yeah. of, it's just a lack of connecting all that together and a lack of, I think, political, uh, understanding and education. And yeah, I think that's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's a language in which kind of Michael Taft of, of SIP2 has been using there kind of recently. It's the investment in, in the social wage, you know, rather than just the actual kind of wage itself as well. Like, you know. Yeah. All right. Well, look, unless we've got anything else to add, I'll wrap it up now um, because we're an hour on this pod talking about the budget, um, which by the way, um, it's probably the budget I've paid least attention to in the over the last 10, 15 years as a result of what's been going on over in the Middle East. So it's, um, I think for a lot of people on the left, there hasn't been a huge amount of attention um, to what has been going on. Um, so it was good to actually delve into it myself this morning and see what was being, uh, what, what actually was being proposed and what, from all of the different parties. So thanks, Connor, for giving us that analysis. And um, I want to thank Claire as well for joining me on this um, special podcast. Uh, we've been the week of work. Um, I'm your host, David Gibney. Thanks to Claire O'Connor. Thanks to Connor McCabe. And we'll, oh yeah, we're part of Left Block, which is a political um, education and alternative media project. And if you want to support us, go to patreon.com forward slash left block, uh, left block with a C, no K. Uh, thanks again. And we'll see you all next week.